Welcome to the LAPUX podcast, where we feature practical insights on how to lead with authenticity and courage in a changing world. This podcast is part of a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the corporate and nonprofit world who exemplify Christ-centered leadership. These thought leaders influence and contribute to meaningful professional development opportunities that seed our growing list of certificates and digital badges designed by our award-winning team who create world-class learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us today in this journey to innovate and show the world what agile learning can be. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome, and thank you for taking the time to listen in for this podcast episode of our new series, Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World. My name is John Reynolds, and joining me today is Jenna Talbot. Jenna is a trustee of Los Angeles Pacific University, but professionally, she's a senior vice president of Whiteboard Advisors, a communications company of which she's one of the founders. In this role, Jenna is a trusted advisor to journalists and entrepreneurs, who works closely with editors and reporters at national outlets, including NPR, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Times, as well as trade publications that cover the global education and learning sectors. Welcome, Jenna, and thanks so much for taking the time from your busy schedule to be with us today. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. Excited about the conversation. So, Jenna, in this series, we're talking to thought leaders about um, several topics on how a leader needs to upskill, especially when leading in a VUCA or a disruptive world. And today, we're covering the important topic of being a thoughtful communicator. You're obviously my first choice, as I know communication is the world you live in every day. So to provide just perhaps a little context, I'm writing a blog on leaders in a disruptive world. And so far, we've covered vision, being clearly understood, courage, and agility. And now we're diving into some of the disciplines that a leader would need um, in a disruptive world, the first being being a thoughtful communicator. So let's begin with a bit of a critique of what I've been thinking in writing my blog. As an example, I quote Gilbert Amelorate, CEO of several tech companies, including Apple, who makes the statement, developing excellent communication skills is absolutely essential to effective leadership. The leader must be able to share knowledge and ideas to transmit a sense of urgency and enthusiasm to others. And if a leader can't get a message across clearly and motivate others to act on it, then having a message doesn't even matter. So firstly, as an expert in communication, what do you think about that statement? Well, of course, I've got a little <laughs> bit of a bias, but of course I'd like to think that my area of expertise is critical to strong leadership and organizational outcomes. I mean, yes, I've seen a lot of time wasted across companies when people are trying to interpret a vision from a leader. I've seen even just the other day uh, working with a client where I had two different individuals with the same conversation with the CEO coming to me with very different interpretations. And in this day and age, when time is money, wasting time because of ineffective or unclear communication is the real challenge. Interestingly, you know, we're really seeing the rise of executive communications and internal communications within an organization. Those often Internal communications was often kind of a someone's side job on the communications team or perhaps a function of HR around employee engagement. Increasingly, I'm seeing CEOs rely either on an individual responsible for their executive communications or responsible for internal communications. And I think that speaks to the significance of communications in, in leadership. And of course, any good leader builds on their strengths, but is also aware of their weaknesses. And so there's, I've seen instances 
There are CEOs where communications maybe isn't their strong suit. And so they've built a good team around them while also investing, you know, in their own ability to be able to communicate clearly. Have you seen any significant change in uh, executive communications or how we communicate as leaders, especially in the last two years, kind of post-pandemic? Yes, I think a few things. One, frequency. We're seeing frequency be more important, particularly early on when people were so, you know, at this point in the pandemic, we've, most of us have kind of gotten into a a new normal, but early on there was so much uncertainty and so much chaos. So I saw executives communicating much more frequently. I think people also have begun to be a little bit more authentic and admit when they don't necessarily have an answer. When we've shut down our own office, we have a small team of 40 across the U.S. We thought that'd be for two weeks, right? And so we're realizing quickly that we can't always predict something. And I think that's resulting in more authentic communication from leaders. Yeah, there's certainly a a greater need for transparency, authenticity, being trusted in in both the message and the messenger in terms of what, what is actually being communicated. What I've also found personally is that I'm having to spend more time being, and that's probably why I have the term thoughtful around it, is a little less ad-libbing, ad hocing because you don't want to cause any further disruption or inconsistency or fear with it. Is that something that you're seeing or is that something as you work with communicators you're advising? Yes, certainly seeing people think or be more deliberate about their communication. I also think people are spending more time thinking through, you know, in what forms, right? We have far more methods of communication available to us, perhaps than ever before, email, Zoom, Slack, social media, which provides a lot of great opportunities. I think it's a great opportunity to find a communications method that works for everyone. I have employees or they look across our, you know, client base where people prefer written communication. It's easier for them to process. Uh, Others want to be on the phone. So I, I think you're seeing leaders adapt and embrace the plurality of methods. But I'm also observing that it's not necessarily about the frequency. It's also about this point around authenticity. And yes, some of that is driven by COVID. We're all living on Zoom right now. We're doing this you know, over Zoom. We're remote. But I also think there's some big generational shifts that are driving that change. So today, one in four workers were born after 1996. Uh, So Generation Z is our first fully digital native generation. I have the pleasure of working with a lot of, uh, of folks from that generation. And, you know, they've grown up with every communication method at their, their fingertips. They've grown up on social media. Um, And as a result, I think they've also really differentiated between authenticity, between people, you know, they can tell whether you're paying attention. As a result, I'm seeing a greater appetite from that generation for more casual one-on-one, sometimes much more phone caller in person. Whereas my generation millennials, you always think of being kind of scared of the phone and wanting to to use email. I'm seeing with this generation, a greater need for personal quick communication. And I think that's going to to carry out far beyond the pandemic. And I I think that's a really good thing. This multi-generational workforce is a, a really interesting piece. So, you know, the idea, and I often use this quote saying, Churchill says, if you want me to speak for 10 minutes, give me two weeks notice. If you want me to speak ad hoc, I can speak straight away. Are you seeing more formal preparation in terms of communications then? Or are we just doing it the way we've always done it? 
Um, I love that quote. The, uh, similarly, Mark Twain supposedly said, uh, I didn't have time to write a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. I did the same, <laughs> the same thing. Uh, you know, so it's interesting. I, I don't know as much on the preparation piece. I would say that there is more pressure or urgency to be really direct with communication and to really think about how do you boil it down to the most important thing. You know, we're receiving five times as much information as we did the year I was born, uh, 80, 87. We're constantly being bombarded. And, you know, when I think about how we best prepare to communicate, whether it's writing an email to an entire team, whether it's preparing to give a speech, I really lean on my journalism training. So I was a, a journalism major at Aziza Pacific University, which is how I got to know you, John. Um, and in journalism, you're you're taught to lead with the news. So in a lot of academic fields, it's lead up to the news or lead up to the conclusion. In journalism, it's the opposite. People have short attention spans. You tell them the headline, and then you basically back it up. So I'm I'm seeing that approach to communication happen certainly more regularly. And so as I'm you know preparing in my own professional life, but advising people really thinking about uh, you typically get you know, 90 seconds to kind of frame up what you're about to say and people decide whether they're going to pay attention or not. So I, I plan out my opening two or three sentences, whether I'm talking to a reporter or I'm talking to a busy executive. And then I write down like, what are my two or three supporting points that I need to come back to? But you really get those first two or three sentences out the gate. And then from there, you've got to be able to read the room and, and adapt. But if you, if you use that mental model gives you something to hold on to and be able to come back to your your key points. Yeah, I think that's the complexity probably of communications because we have multi-generations who have different expectations. In some ways, if you're unprepared, that's seen as being authentic, you know, um, this is from your heart and all those guys. If you're coming too prepared, then you're saying, what are they trying to hide that they're reading word by word, you know, what is actually happening? So you've got those pieces going with it. But again, it's, as we know, communications is as much about the, communicated as those who are hearing. And so I, I think, you know, especially what I've found in the last two years is consistency, frequency, a lot more vulnerability in terms of we just don't know a lot of things and actually being okay to say that. But then at the same time, being optimistic and, you know, obviously leading the organization as well. So, um, you know, as we kind of draw this to a close, I was thinking you were talking about clients you're working with this. Any funny stories or any good experiences you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, perhaps my greatest lesson in communication lately has actually been communicating with my toddler. So I have a three-year-old son, and as I'm trying to teach him the language and I'm hearing him play it back to me, A, I realize how complicated the English language is. He'll say, hold you instead of hold me because he hears me say you all the time. So of course he would assume, you know, if I say, do you want me to hold you? He's like, yes, hold you. So I think, you know, my advice as far as where we can learn, I think you can learn, learn from anyone. I spend a lot of time listening to orators who I respect. You know, I love Adam Grant, who's a psychologist, gives incredible TED Talks. He's got a number of, of short talks and I really pay attention to how is he how is he trying to communicate a big idea what is he using to kind of grab and pull us in and then where is he sprinkling in anecdotes and facts because we both are motivated by stories and at the same time we also want to know the data right and so my big advice would be 
fine tune your ear to listen and catch what it is about someone's communication style that is effective and spending a little bit of time to do that. You will, you will start to pick it up wherever you go. And that's exciting. Then every conversation is a learning opportunity. Sometimes it's a lesson in what not to do. And other times it's a lesson in, in what to do. So that's between, between my three-year-old and an esteemed psychologist like Adam Grant, I'm, I'm always learning myself on how to be an effective communicator. Two good reference points. I'm not sure we didn't get a TED talk from your three-year-old, but thank you um, uh, for, for sharing that uh, with us. Uh, Jenna, uh, thanks so much. Uh, listeners, our next episode will be on the topic of imperfect decision-making. I guess will be Dan Fashner, Chair and Chief Executive Officer of JB Snack Foods. Previously, he was CEO of Icy Drinks, which we were all familiar with. So stay tuned in for that interview. And if you have actually missed any previous episodes, you just heard some really great tips from Jenna here, or you'd like to read more on the topic, uh, please visit our blog. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And remember, these podcasts and blogs are free resources from Los Angeles Pacific University, experiencing and capturing the thoughts of experienced leaders like Jenna, which we hope will transform you as a leader for the future. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LAPUX podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoy learning something new today and you have at least one takeaway to use immediately in your professional life. If you did, please take a few seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to. We value your feedback so highly because we are doing this for you. Please also subscribe to this podcast where we will be providing you with leadership training and resources as we hear from Christian leaders from all over the world. Connect with us on social media so we can journey by learning together. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that we've created for you. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. That's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, we're here to help you become a better you. So check out x.lapu.edu.